welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. We're on episode number 42. I have a very special <laughs> episode today. Uh, back with my co-host, Antakul. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. I feel good. How was, uh, how was the Scotland trip? Uh, it was amazing. It was really awesome out there. Um, like, if you're an outside type of person and you just, and you want to go somewhere where there's just so much to do and so much to see and so like and just so much history, I recommend Scotland. It's amazing. How's the food? I feel like that's how I judge places <laughs> by how they feed me. <laughs> uh, yeah, the food was pretty good. Like I was in Edinburgh, um, so I was like in the city. Second biggest city, first or second? I can't remember if Glasgow's bigger, but um, like the, there's food, uh, there's a little bit of everything there. Like, uh, like a lot of Middle Eastern families have made their home there, and they started restaurants there. A lot of Eastern European, like there's a lot of good food. Like I didn't get a chance while I was outside of Edinburgh to try the food, mostly because we were just in a real big rush. But uh, it, no, it was like it was. It was really chill. Like, if you're a type of person who likes to go out to, like, a bar or something like that, like, it's perfect. Because, like, the pub culture there is so much better than the, like, bar culture here. Like, here it's kind of just, like, depressing. <laughs> like, th- like, there it's like, it, like, it's like going to, like, a family restaurant. It's all, like, except everybody's drinking and there are no children, so it's, like, perfect. <laughs> And people just literally go there, like, they'll have a few drinks and hang out. And it's and there's, like, a hub on, like, every corner, so it's perfect. Oh, man. That's what's up. Yeah, I haven't... haven't haven't stamped my, my passport over... Uh, actually, I don't have a passport, so I can't even say that, but... <laughs> yeah, I haven't made any overseas trips yet. So one day, when, uh... I just don't like flying all that much, to be honest. I just, I hate the... It's not even the act of flying. It's just the process of going to an airport and being in line. And I know, yeah, that was like no, that that was a headache last night. I was I was trying to get back here to see the fight and to eat because the food on the plane was just not enough. <laughs> but uh, and no fancy airplane peanuts. It's like one piece of like baked chicken that's like the size of a chicken nugget. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, but be, if you ever do go to Scotland, be prepared for the weather. Like, while I was there, it was nice, or as nice as it could be, and it rained every day. It was humid as hell, and, um, uh-huh. it, it, like, I saw the the sun three days there. Like, the sun actually came out from uh, behind the clouds for, like, three, on three different days, which is apparently really rare. 
Like, like the nicest day they had is like it got to seventy five in May. Oh man, I don't know. Then that doesn't sound. Well, they got good food, so yeah. I feel like that makes up for everything. Uh, if you, you feed me well, I'll give you country props. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I guess I didn't get to try any. Like, I didn't get to try was it like haggis. Colon cancer screening for people fifty and over at well. average risk. Huh? But like, even if like the food isn't for you, there's like, it, it's not. Like, there, there was like three KFCs while I was there. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, even if their food's not for you, there's food there for you. And there's still so much to do. I, I was there for six days, and I didn't get to do everything I wanted to do. <clears throat> well, we came back to the good old U.S. of A. Just in time. Just in yeah, time. Just, just in time to be treated to um, this fight that we, the, it seems like the entire world watched yesterday. Um, man, oh man. So... <laughs> Yeah, the the fight that I I've been on record many a time saying I never thought was gonna happen, and this was just all a made up fantasy. It 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 went down last night. Like this this was an actual event, and um, it was so weird. Just from the moment they did the walk in, <laughs> like I just felt this eeriness in the air. Like I just wasn't sure what I was about to watch or what I was getting into. Like, and... just seeing them in the ring together was so bizarre. Right. <laughs> it's like, you remember those, like, old um, cartoons, like, when they used to have, like, crossovers? Yeah. And, the, and they had, like, completely contrasting art styles, so it was just like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> it's like that. Yeah, this this was, this, this was interesting. I'll... I don't even. Uh, I'm trying to figure out like where to even start. Like, um, <laughs> with okay, let's fight. um, let's start with the actual fight. Like what happened in the in the ring. We'll we'll move to um Morrow sucking McGregor off, on on commentary. Uh, um, and then we can go to like fan reaction. All right. And All right. and then we can go with what happens next. <laughs> all right actual fight so i watched this fight twice uh of course last night and then i rewatched it this morning muted um so initial like reactions watching the fight um the first couple rounds actually went somewhat like how i expected um i did expect connor to start off like halfway decent and probably be aggressive, try to set the tone, which he did the first couple of rounds. Um, his whole stance thing, <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad he did that. I feel like it wasn't as extreme as it is in MMA, but he still, you know, he had that kind of sort of sideways stance, hands kind of low. It just looked really awkward, but I liked it because it was awkward, just because I wanted to see shenanigans, so it, I don't know, I found that entertaining, but... It was weird that even though I think I gave him the first three rounds just based off the fact that Floyd hardly threw anything, he was just kind of he was kind of waiting. Like I feel like he was just kind of feeling him out just to kind of see what Connor had in his arsenal. He was just you know he he was just there just kind of analyzing. And 
Connor did he did a few things I thought that were good. I can't remember what round it was where he landed he landed a pretty nice like counter uppercut that was good. Um he had a few times where he would switch stances. He was just being really weird out there, which I guess honestly against Mayweather, there's not much else you can do. You're not gonna purely just outbox him. So you gotta you, you gotta do what you can to to get any kind of advantage. So I thought he did a decent job of just kind of being a bit unconventional. But it was weird to watch how I, I feel like his like his power didn't really translate over. Like, the uppercut he landed seemed pretty flush, and Floyd just kind of ate it <laughs> like it was nothing. I don't, I don't think there was ever really a point in this fight where Floyd really got rocked. And then... But Connor, even though he was landing a few good shots, there were these little, I don't know, it was like, it was like, <laughs> it looked like a sparring session, like a slightly more aggressive sparring session, but not like an actual fight fight. And that was like the first three rounds. And then four, I feel like around like four and five, Floyd started to pick up a bit more. But the fight was just still bizarre to watch because <laughs> Connor kept <laughs> the hammer fist. Just like, uh, and I knew what was gonna happen. I mean, and I, I'm as much as I thought he should have gotten so many points deducted because he did it so many times, just so many times. I, I get it. He's been an MMA fighter for you know God knows however long, so it's probably just like instinct. Uh, you probably can't even help it. But the hammer fist kept coming. And every time they would clinch, you could see him like, there were times where he would go for underhooks or where he would clinch and then he would like try to move position to the back like he was about to go for a takedown. I swear at one point in, I don't know if it was around like seven or eight, he went for a double leg. I swear he went oh for a Oh my God, leg. I remember. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a nine, it was a nine yeah. round off. It was like right before Floyd, it was like right at the beginning of when Floyd was just unleashing on him. Yeah, like right, like yeah. right before you, like it was, it was um really clear that he wasn't going to get back in the fight. <laughs> but um, so I guess I'll I'll say this in in all seriousness for 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 Connor, and then I'll end his part. I'll get to Floyd. Um, Connor, for for what it's worth, your first you know professional boxing fight, you fight arguably the greatest boxer ever, probably well, I didn't say probably the greatest at least defensive boxer ever. And you go in, whether or not your performance was that great, you know, that's up in the air. I didn't think he did all that well. But considering the circumstances, you went 10 rounds with the best, best boxer on the planet. You you had a few good moments. Looked a bit awkward. <laughs> he didn't really land much of anything of substance. But, I mean, I have to give props for that. I think that that has to speak to something. Like... You you went in and fought ten rounds against the best boxer ever, so I think that does, um, that deserves some props. So I definitely can't take that away from him. And as I said, I think in the prediction podcast we did, like I didn't think he was gonna get knocked out. Um, I thought he was gonna last all twelve. He almost got there. He got to the tenth round, but I mean he he stuck it out, man. Like he he fought until he just had nothing left in the tank, and then Floyd just put it on him. And so to get to Floyd, um. It was interesting to see Floyd walk forward the entire fight. Well, not the entire fight. Like I feel like the first three fights, he kind of just was doing his whole defensive thing. 
And then, like, rounds four, pretty much through the rest of the fight, I've never seen Floyd just kind of... He plowed forward, and I noticed this more the second time I watched the fight. He plowed forward with almost, like, a disrespect for Conor's power. Like, he didn't... He wasn't worried about anything that Conor was throwing at him. Like, he knew... He, he knew what he was doing. Like, he knew he had this fight in the bag. Let Conor, you know, work the first three rounds, get him a little tired... And then he just starts plotting for it. And I don't think, at least as of late, probably not the best Floyd performance either. But he just kind of did what he needed to do to get the win. Like, he just snatched the fight away from round four on. He just plotted for it. Um, that straight right, which he always seems to be on money, that landed a few good times. He started to get the head work movement, you know, his, his whole Matrix thing. And, yeah, he just, it was like a, like I said, even Floyd, I mean, he cracked him a few times, but not anything, like, too crazy. It just looked like a really hard sparring session, <laughs> in which Floyd was pretty much in complete control from round four, pretty much on to the rest of the fight. And <laughs> one last thing I'll mention, because Connor, you can tell that he doesn't have, like, great footwork for boxing. And there was one point, and I think it was like round eight, where um, they were both circling, I think, to the left. And then out of nowhere, Connor did like this jump step, and he tried to like he tried to like cut to the opposite side, and Floyd just tagged him. Just, uh, just I like, was going to bring I thought that was hilarious, but I mean. I don't know, man. Like this, for all the hype this fight had, I don't. I still don't know if I even enjoyed this or not. Like it, it was an entertaining fight, but I don't even know if it was in a good or a bad way. I just, I felt like I just watched a hard sparring session where both guys had pretty good effort. And I mean, Floyd did get the the KO at the end, and he definitely did unleash in those last couple rounds. Because after round like seven, I felt like Connor just was. He was kind of just fighting on fumes. Like, there, was, there was nothing left in the tank. And, yeah, Floyd, I can't remember what even started the flurry, but he was definitely tagging Connor. I'm pretty sure that straight right was in that flurry somewhere. And, yeah. And for people who, because I, I saw people um, who weren't too happy with the stoppage, listen, man. Dude, are you kidding me? There were people. Th we didn't need. There, there were people unhappy <laughs> with that? Yes, I, I saw I saw some people who were not happy with Dude, the stoppage. Listen, man, fine if they stopped at the end of the ninth. Like, right, like God. we didn't need two more rounds of that. Like that, I mean, I get it. He wanted to go out on the shield. I applaud. I'm, I'm pretty sure any fighter, you know, you you would rather, you know, you want to be put down. You don't want the ref just jumping in. But dude, there was nothing left. There was nothing left in that fight. Like it just seemed like Connor at at some once Floyd got his offense going. Connor just didn't, there weren't enough tools in the toolbox. He didn't have any answers for anything. Floyd just kind of, he just kind of did what he wanted. And like I said, I noticed that more this, the second time I watched it. Because the first time, it, I was just befuddled and confused about what I was watching. And then the second time, it was just like, you could tell that from round four on, Floyd was just in complete control. Like, he just walked him down. No respect for his power. No respect for his game plan. He just... He did what Floyd does, just in a more offensive manner, I think, than uh, we've seen as as of late. So I thought that was interesting. But, yeah, that's this fight was just interesting. 
that's, that's the only word I can say, and I don't know if it was good or bad, mm. but it it was interesting. But so, yeah, that's that's all I got. <laughs> so, um, first off, I guess hats off to McGregor. Not for the whole like going ten rounds thing, or um, you know, uh, yeah, he went out of his shield standing up. Um, shout to him for one making this happen. Because again, he he just he he just walked himself into a nine figure check, but um, he, he it's not like he fought a, a bad fight, like he fought the fight that he was going to need to win the to to, to win against a dude who was just so much uh, better than he is. Uh, that being said, like I, I I'm not overly impressed. <laughs> like, uh, uh, like one of the things I see, I'm seeing on like my Facebook feed and like Twitter and like e on like from MMA fans is like, oh, even the media, like, oh, McGregor landed more shots on Floyd Mayweather than Manny Pacquiao did. Like, okay, Floyd also fought the whole Manny Pacquiao fight on the defensive. All right. Like this was literally, quite literally. Floyd Mayweather marching down McGregor in straight lines. He wasn't cutting off the ring. He was barely moving his head at certain points in the fight. He was literally just walking McGregor down and just putting his feet in position to, to, to just land shots on him. And he looked like the puncher. Like, am I crazy? Like, he looked like the stronger puncher of the two. <laughs> He definitely was. Like, like I'm, not, was. I'm not talking about just technique. I'm talking about like just straight up power. Like, he looked like a bigger puncher than McGregor did. Yeah, because like he, McGregor's punches, which uh, it was just weird to watch. Like, he never really, even the shots that he landed flush, Floyd never looked bothered at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like his head barely like, moved. There's a like, like Floyd. Is a great is the greatest defensive boxer ever, probably, and but he still also has probably a, a granite freaking chin because he's been in there with some hitters and he still come out on top. So like, uh, all right. So MMA fan, uh, MMA fighters, take note. If you're fighting McGregor, rule number one: keep your feet under you. Because that's basically how Floyd just took all the shots he took from McGregor. Like at at, at no point did was Floyd out of position, or like was his face like oh, over his like in front of his front foot. Like that's how Eddie Alvarez and Jose Aldo got knocked out. Like they were reaching on punches, uh, head all up in like head all up on like the, up in front of their front foot, like um, their weight all on their front foot. And McGregor just connected with them at like at peak at that peak moment where they were just off balance. So like, and I think that <clears throat> I think that reflects itself a lot in the Diaz fight, where like McGregor was literally tossing himself at Diaz so that his so that his power would connect and like it would just knock him off balance. So I don't know. Polly was right about one thing. Um, McGregor does not take body shots well. 
Like if I took anything from this fight, it's that McGregor can't take body shots well. Like, for what it is, I enjoyed the fight. It it was the exact type of carnival stunt that I missed from Pride. <laughs> like, like the thing that's frustrating about this fight is literally everything else that wasn't going to happen in the ring. Like, like Floyd and McGregor just, like, going to the bottom of the absolute barrel in, like, a blatant attempt to just, like, sell the fight. Like, pulling every single, like, just vile thing they could out of their bag to get this fight to sell. I, I knew that was coming. So it, it, like, it bothered me, but not to the degree that the media and the fans and, like, the so-called experts ate it up. Oh, uh, there was something else I want to talk about that happened in the fight. Um, <laughs> the referee pu- pushing Mayweather in the back. Shout out to Robert Bird. Oh, they had a lot of little like little mini dirty moments. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, on, like on the subject of like uh, McGregor landing so much. It was straight up just because Floyd didn't respect him. Like, right. It, like, when you walk forward like that, you're just going to get hit more often than if you fight in the typical Mayweather fashion where you see everything coming at you. Like, this isn't Mayweather versus Pacquiao where, like, he's up in the corner, like, rolling and uh, sidestepping. This is him literally walking in front of McGregor and setting his feet and throwing power shots. Something right. we don't see from him like his last knockout is technically victor ortiz but i don't really count that yeah because ortiz had his but, hands down but like wasn't... that was just that was just like a bizarre freak moment in the fight you know so yeah. his real last knockout was 10 years ago i think t- yeah 10 years ago against ricky hatton so think about that for a second and yeah, he spent two of those retards so let's just say eight years he went eight years without a knockout and Ricky Hatton was at what weight? Was that welterweight? It was a super welterweight. No, no, no. It was at it was at welterweight. So one forty-seven. So I don't get. So that's part of the reason why I don't get this. Like, um, oh, he went ten rounds with the greatest boxer all time. He went ten rounds with a forty-year-old who has a fought in two years, who still is one of the best boxers out there. But I would take Terence Crawford and Errol Spence to beat him. Especially the version that fought against um, McGregor. Man. Yeah, this... <laughs> and, and, and I'm I trying guess... not to sound overly negative here, because like, there are boxing fans out there just like tearing McGregor a new one. Like, oh, he didn't really do anything. Uh, this proves like uh, MMA striking is bullshit. Like, whatever. Yeah, that that whole... I'm not going to get even... Yeah, like, I'm not going to just... Yeah, I'm staying away from that yeah, talk. But... That... Whole, let, let's not pit these sports against it, it's it's baseball and basketball, man. It's not it's not the same. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's it's like LeBron James deciding tomorrow that because he was a good high school football player in football that he was going to go try out to be like a wide receiver for I don't right. know was a team with a bad quarterback when Jacksonville, Jacksonville. <laughs> exactly. It's like if in 
then just then saying that's going to get them to a championship. Like, no, it's not. Right. You might get a player or two here or there, but yeah, yeah, not get ring. Yeah, and I I would challenge anybody because like I said, I've been doing this lately. Tell me, watch this fight and cut the volume off. Just watch it muted. No crowd reaction. No, no anything. Fucking Mauro Ranello. <laughs> like I only okay, so I only saw parts of the fight because I um from Mauro Ranello and like the team because I fell asleep because I was just on an eight-hour flight from Edinburgh. So like I didn't catch the full width of his just like blatant. Like, I, I want to say, like, challenger bias, I guess. But come on, man. Like, he was overselling everything McGregor did. And then and then I had, so, to um to catch up on it, I had to watch the Sky Sports version of it. That was, like, somebody uploaded the Sky Sports version on YouTube. And it was Carl Frotch and Dan Hardy. Oh, man, what was Dan Hardy saying? Uh, like, I, Dan Hardy had, like, his analyst hat on. Like, I, I, I will hand it to him. Like, I, I don't think... Like, I, he was kind... Like, you could kind of tell he was not so much rooting for McGregor, but, like, trying to find things McGregor was doing well. But he like, he was pretty straightforward about the fact that uh, Mayweather was winning the fight. By the way, I scored the fight... Like, I had... I saw people saying, did... Uh, like, oh my god, McGregor won four or five rounds. Like, no, I had like two. Maybe three. Yeah, I, I gave him three. And the third was probably debatable, but yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I gave him the first three, and after that, he lost every round. After yeah, that. no, like but, <laughs> there were people who just saying he won like five rounds. Like that, that yeah, he no, was ahead no. on the scorecards when he got knocked out. Like, come on, no, no. And to those people, that's why I say re rewatch this fight and cut the volume yeah. off, and just watch. My, my, you you will see. My favorite, you know not... what my favorite part of the Sky Barcast was it was Carl Fox saying, "I'm so disappointed. I thought he'd have more." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and I know, I know, I said I was gonna Twitter headhunt, but like I was so confused after this fight that I just had to leave it alone. Like I just, I had to really let this well, like, sit and just. You marinate. know why this is going to work, or like people are gonna look fondly on this fight? One because McGregor went on his feet. Like, like you said, there are even people who believe like he should have been given the benefit of the doubt. He should have been allowed to keep going, and they're going to use, like two because he won a round or two. Like he people, and people minds he won like more than two rounds, but like he won a round or two against the greatest boxer all, uh, of like the last thirty years. Um, and three, it was this is the most entertaining Floyd fight since like what the Cotto fight or the first Madonna fight or something like that. Like, it's not even the most entertaining. It's the only entertaining one, like, in most people's eyes, since the first Madonna one. And the Madonna one was mostly entertaining because, like, there were people who saw the fight for Madonna, even though I didn't, but... Yeah, this... I mean, I, I wanted shenanigans from this I mean, fight. We got a couple. <laughs> and, yeah, I definitely got... I got some. I got some. Uh... Those hammer fists. McGregor, McGregor <laughs> trying to do the hands behind the back thing and then like getting instantly like tapped in the stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. Realize that that doesn't that doesn't work over here. Um. Yeah. Those, those hammer fists. The 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 clinching exchanges were kind of hilarious. It was. 
this is one of the weirdest fights I've seen in a while. Where like I just I was entertained and I don't know if it was good, but <laughs> it was it was something. It it was it was something. Um alright, I guess so so aftermath. So um both these gentlemen walk away um, much considerably richer than they came in, <laughs> especially for Connor. Floyd's finally um, his taxes paid. He's gonna right. He's gonna <laughs> avoid a second stint in jail. You know. I guess. Well, I mean, I really I feel like the aftermath of this fight is more on Connor than Floyd. Because I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure Floyd would not see oh, him yeah, no. again. Like, like I said, like sure this, yeah, this, this version of Floyd who put on, who put on a clinic against McGregor probably loses to anybody else. Who is even remote? Not, not even remotely. Like somebody who's in the top five at welterweight or Terence Crawford. Like, I, like I yeah. can see Keith Thurman beating this version of Floyd, and like that's no disrespect. He, he's in amazing shape for a forty-year-old, but some of these other dudes, like these other dudes, are really coming on now. You know what I mean? They they are physically primed and ready. And, yeah, Crawford is a. Uh... <laughs> Crawford's out here taking souls. There was somebody who tried to convince me Crawford would lose to Pacquiao like eight four if they were to fight today, and I, 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 I no, I, I just no. wanted to like shoot myself. <laughs> but all right, so Connor's aftermath. So I mean, it seemed from what I saw, I didn't watch all of the post fight interviews or whatever, but um, he he seemed like that he he said that he's returning to yeah. MMA. So. I mean, Remember I mean, when he lost to Nate Diaz and said he was going to return to featherweight? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I kind of have to take this with a grain of salt. It's because, <laughs> like, there are two fights for McGregor next. One is the Polymanaji fight. Like, we know that fight has, like, that fight has sizzle. Like, we know that, like, if they were to make that fight... It'd do big business, but any McGregor fight does big business. And McGregor can arguably, like, go in there, get a win, and, like, just go back to fight for another world title in boxing. Or, he, or, and this is probably the most likely scenario, they're going to have him fight Nate Diaz again. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, Kevin Lee. I'm sorry, Tony Ferguson. Yeah, you're about to yeah. get me prog. <laughs> and, no, and knowing the UFC's weird luck when it comes to, like, these big money fights... It's probably going to be, like, justified because the winner of Kevin Lee, Tony Ferguson, will probably hurt themselves. Like, they'll tear an ACL in the middle of the fight and they'll be gone for, like, six months to a year. And then they'll be like, well, there's nobody else. We're just going to make the Nate Diaz fight. Like they did with Whitaker or um, the RDA fight. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Because the thing is, like, McGregor is guaranteed purse with $30 million. He's making probably like two and a half times that at least on um, pay-per-view sponsorship appearances before and after the fight, like whatever in live gate. Cause apparently the live gate was, it's on track to beat like the Pacquiao Mayweather live gate, which was like $70 million or something ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. I, I figured, I figured it was going to break some kind of record. I knew the hype was just too yeah, real. Like, so, point being, McGregor's <laughs> going to have $100 million or something or other to, like, work with. And, and right. if the UFC was, like, he knows he has leverage. Like, no matter how we feel about this fight, anybody who wins this fight, like, on the fence of McGregor or, like, his fans 
are going to walk away from it and be like, you know what, this dude took rounds from the greatest boxer of all time, having never had a professional fight before, not realizing that it was mostly in part because Floyd was just kind of fucking around. Like, and, um, yeah, no, like, he, he's going to, like, his next fight will be big in MMA. Like, he's not going to lose any fans over this. I think he's gained a bunch. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think he's he's lost any. But <laughs> I'm wondering though, like if I'm if I'm Diaz and I watch this fight, I almost feel like I'm salivating a little oh bit. But... I, Nate Diaz <laughs> could completely beat <laughs> Conor McGregor. Like I know their last fight, was, like I had it pretty definitively three two McGregor. There is no reason Nate, after seeing the way uh, McGregor took like hand, like took body shots and like. Just like there's no reason Nate can't beat McGregor again, basically. Yeah, yeah, he definitely. Ew. So I'm trying to. I don't... I'm just saying I'm not against it because I'd love to see Nate with the UFC lightweight title. <laughs> I wouldn't be bad at a a Nate Diaz Tony Ferguson title exactly. fight if they, if that like, were to if happen. that's the end game here. I'm down with yeah. it, but I, I feel, and, I feel I bad mean, for everybody in the interim. In, in a perfect world, which this won't happen, in a perfect world, Connor would come back to MMA and I would want to see him fight Tony Ferguson, assuming Tony Ferguson beats Kevin Lee, which I'm, I'm going to say he will, but crazier things have happened. Um, I don't know, though, because I feel like... When, when is when's the Ferguson? Uh, October? Like? Okay, so that's what two we, two months away mm-hmm. from that. If if Kevin Lee wins that fight, they're gonna make Conor versus Lee. I guarantee you. They'll, I think they'll skip Nate for that only because I <laughs> I feel like if you do Conor Lee, Conor's that's they're gonna look at that as he's he's probably gonna run through Kevin. Uh, they're pro- like, like I imagine it's gonna be at least a couple scuffles and like thrown in there for oppressors. Right, and that and that's a very promo friendly fight because for for people who don't. Um, if you don't know Kevin Lee, he he's a very brash, you know, very very braggadocious, not not afraid of the spotlight at all. So you could definitely promo that fight to to death, and yeah, get, get some nice world star footage <laughs> before the actual fight happens. But yeah, if if so, I would hope he fights Ferguson, assuming Ferguson wins. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. After seeing this, I'm pretty sure they're. Dana had to rush to Nate's phone. Like now is the time to end the trilogy. I'm I'm pretty sure that's coming. Because like they need like to justify paying Connor more, they're going to have to give him the biggest fight possible, and the biggest fight possible is the Nate Diaz fight or the GSP fight. GSP's busy at the moment. So, yeah. So like, here's the thing. You know the craziest part of this though? They're like imagine GSP goes out there and beats um. Bisbang and Whitaker still isn't ready for like mid twenty eighteen. You you know who's getting the fight? Get oh yeah, the, yeah, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, he's coming oh, up. McGregor <laughs> fighting for the middleweight title at one hundred and seventy two pounds. <laughs> I'll I'll give McGregor this man, and I think we mentioned this in the last podcast. As much as you know, I'm not a big fan of the antics and all the talking and blah blah blah, so on and so forth. This man has put himself in a position where, like, no matter what route he goes after this, he wins. Like, if he retires, 
and decides, you know what, I'm just done with fighting, you, you left with the biggest purse that you're ever going to get. If you fight Diaz, you get to come back to a trilogy that a lot of people have been waiting to see. And you're probably going to get a good payday. If you end up fighting Kevin Lee, you're probably going to win. You're probably going to get a nice highlight reel on your, <laughs> on, on your record. Like, he can't lose at this point. I mean, he can he can literally lose, but he can't lose. Like, every decision is a good one, almost. Uh, like, yeah. And I don't know. That comes from him planting these seeds that we talked about. Like, he just he's planted so many seeds everywhere that he can just go in so many different directions, and they're they're just paydays everywhere he looks. Yeah, like we're like I talked about the GS. Like, like like they do. Like, he comes back, he beats Diaz. Like we're just going to like assume he beats Diaz. Or matter of fact, we don't even have to, cause he comes back, he loses. Like they don't do the fourth Diaz fight. He's getting GSP if he loses the Bisbing, because that's a that's right. the biggest fight they can make, and that's what they're interested in now. Like he comes, uh, like he comes back, he beats Diaz. He's gonna he get the Woodley fight, like or whoever has the welterweight title at the at the time. Like he can get the GSP fight. He can get. The freaking uh, like you say, you can get the Lee fight. Like maybe he just goes and fights Paul Malinaji. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's strange times. Strange. This is what <laughs> happens when you have one man who controls like sixty percent of the market. Yeah. Like, like when I say Connor's kind of justified for being miffed at the fact that uh. Like, he probably did not get a dime. Well, he definitely didn't get a dime of, like, the $4.6 billion that UFC got. Like, that was at least 50% off his back. Like, the UFC sold, like, five uh, four, uh, five pay-per-views last year that broke a million dollars. Like, Connor had lined three of them. He had lined two the year before. When he comes back, whatever that is, is going to do like 1.4, 1.5, 1.6 million buys. Like, it, 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 he is out here hustling the system. Yeah. Like, I'm just waiting for the day where he decides that he does not need the UFC anymore. We'll see. I feel like that day isn't too. <laughs> whatever fight he gets next. I'm interested to see how, like, the nego if, if he comes back to MMA, what's this negotiating going to look like? Because he's definitely coming to the table, regardless of how you feel about this performance. Just the fact that he won <laughs> two rounds. Oh, yeah, he's he's coming to the negotiating table just with all the power in the world, yeah. probably. You know and what? It, they're probably going to bend to it. It would not surprise me at all if, like, a week from now, he calls out the winner of Canelo um, Triple G. Like, he just fucks off everybody's plans and just, like, is like, you know what? I want to do this again, and I want to fight the winner of Canelo Triple G. Don't do that. <laughs> Connor, you don't want those problems. <laughs> Man, but, yeah, this this fight overall, man, it was just, um, it was just bizarre, it was just really weird, just, from, but, and then I'll say that, and I, and I don't want to be overly negative, but for all of the hype, 
that was around this hype, and for all of you, and I'm blaming all of you guys. Yeah, you, the person listening, because you probably were hyped for this. No, fight. I'm not blaming the people who were hyped for this fight. I'm blaming the people who paid for it. Fuck you. That too. Yeah. If you if you drop if you drop ninety nine dollars on this man, um, woof, um, eh. yeah, I I don't know what to tell you. You should probably try to phone in for that refund because just um, give me the money. Right or that. Let's um, really quick. Let's talk, like UFC TV and uh, Showtime pay per view t- uh, t- like pay per view online. Apparently, they were having troubles. Yeah, <laughs> they had to delay the main event. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't remember what it was. I want to say it was like a lot of people didn't get service until like the Davis fight, like the end of the Davis fight, and I'm assuming some people didn't get it after that. So there were people who tried to buy both. Ended up, pay, ended up paying like two hundred dollars, and it still didn't work. Boy, whoever works customer service, y'all are not gonna have a like, good day. Dick, Dick Vitale <laughs> was on Twitter, lambasting his cable provider. Oh yes, <laughs> I did see that. Picture. So there's that. Oh man, re- re- really quick, um, not to make too real, but uh, ninety five percent of the people who bet on this fight bet on McGregor, mm. but. The money was a lot more closer in terms of like how much was actually bet. So like, a Joe Schmo in Idaho who's going to Vegas to go see the fight or just be there fight week, and it's like his big money trip. Spent a, a like bet like probably bet like a hundred bucks on McGregor. Well, every like not every millionaire obviously, but like a whole bunch of like rich people just spent like two hundred, three hundred thousand just to get like ten, twenty thousand back on Floyd. So, fools, fools you are. <laughs> just, just a reminder that gambling always favors the rich. Oh, like, boy. I posed this question on Tumblr, and I want to ask you, um, how much more exploitative can, like, this get? I don't know. Like, I was just about much, to say, no, we, we not, just... Not how much more exploitative? How much more transparent can this, like, this type of exploitation be? Thing is, I want to say it can't get worse, but maybe, maybe this will hold the record for like the biggest heist ever pulled for a while, and then somehow, maybe ten years, twenty years down the line, there'll be another, there'll be another one of these, and maybe, maybe it'll be the opposite. Maybe somebody from boxing will try to come over to MMA, and it'll be a disaster. High-level boxers coming over to fight high-level MMA fighters. Okay, James Tony lost, but Ray Mercer was a top ten heavyweight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And, Shout out to Mercer. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, Ray Mercer literally. Li- uh, hold on, I want to be one hundred percent sure I got this right because it's too funny not. It's too funny not to get correct. <laughs> All right, Tim Sylvia. Da, 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 da. Wait, crap. Uh, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, Tim Sylvia was one year removed from losing to Fedor Emelianenko, a fight where apparently there were a lot of people who thought he was going to lose. Um, one year and six months um, from when he lost to Big Nog. For the interim heavyweight title, 
and <clears throat> just a couple of years removed from being the champion. He had knocked out by Ray Mercer in nine seconds. <laughs> and became a and put Ray Ray Mercer on most top ten heavyweight lists. Oh man! So, you know, that's a thing. That that was a th- the state of heavyweight MMA even back. Oh, also then. Holly Holm. Oh man, Holly Holm. No, what, no. what happened? MMA. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. MMA. MMA. Boxing coming in. So, like, yeah, yeah. here's, like, we've had, uh, the thing is, we have had, like, um, technical, uh, technical kickboxers come into MMA and do very well. Cro- yeah, actually. Yeah, Mark Hunt, they tend to be at the bigger weights because, uh, you know. And we got, uh, we got Saki giving his hand in. Uh, so. I, you know, I, I think, I think Saki's gonna do well. Like, like I said, the bigger weights, like, it tends to matter less because, like, the guys those divisions tend to like suck more at the bottom end, and even at the top end they tend to be like one dimensional, like Saki versus Mark Hunt. That that like Saki could probably win that fight, and Mark Hunt's a top ten heavyweight. Right, but Saki's just a ferocious <laughs> kickboxer. <clears throat> Man, yeah, we'll we'll see, but we um. Yeah, we all just got... Oh, I ain't gonna say we all. I didn't pay for this. <laughs> but, yeah, this 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 was the biggest exploit, the biggest heist probably ever pulled in combat sports history. Mr. Mayweather um, just ran away with like half a, mil- half a billion dollars. Billion dollars, yeah. And he, he took it in pretty easily convincing fashion. Um, I mean, yeah, props to McGregor for pulling this fight off. You know, for going some rounds with the best boxer ever. You know, I'll I, give I, some props I, you know, I will give that, McGregor but... this. I honest to God believe McGregor thought he was going to win this fight. Like, I don't think this was just like a cash in for him. I think he was going to win this. I think he thought he was going to win this fight. I mean, he 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 tried, man. He was <laughs> he did he did the best I guess you could do considering all of the wild circumstances. So, yeah, like I'm not gonna bash him or you know, even though I didn't think his performance was that great, but. No, he, he, whatever. I don't know. We, I watched the, the, a circus fight, pretty much. It was a circus sparring match that went to rounds and ended in a KO, and it was, it was weird. It was just strange. Um, real quick before we get to the next topic, uh, real quick to get these two, two, uh, two of these other undercards on that, uh, undercard fights to mention real quick. Uh, Javante Davis had a pretty mm-hmm. underwhelming. <laughs> Uh, performance against uh, what was the gentleman's Francisco name? Fonseca. Uh, Francisco Fonseca. Um, yeah, being from or living uh, living in Maryland, so a lot of people here were root for Davis. Um, I mean, he had moments where he was throwing some good power shots, but it just it was kind of just like a lackluster performance. And to be honest, like had that fight not ended the way it did, like I feel like Fonseca could have fought his way back. I do. Fonseca was landing like a lot. Like a lot yeah, a like lot. he was doing pretty good. But like, especially just, for a dude yeah, who literally before this fight had fought like wait, one, two, three dudes with like winning records that were that didn't have like twenty losses on them. Hmm. Like Fonseca like Fonseca's whole thing before this was that he like he legitimately had not faced like a good boxer. It's all been journeymen. Like, not even journeymen. Like, dudes do this, like, to get paychecks. All right. <laughs> on the side of, like, working at their local, like, I don't know, like, 
mechanic stuff. Where I was like, yeah. <laughs> Palmer, like, but yeah. he, he did good though. Like, he had some some good moments also in this fight, but it ended with a punch behind the head, and then he fell and thought it was he thought it was illegal hit. Some I don't know. It that fight kind of sucked the air just out of the car. It wasn't even a, like it wasn't even a bad fight. It was just like an underwhelming performance from Davis that just like did it. Like, and, yeah. and at the top of it all, he missed weight, so he's no longer the, the IBF um, super featherweight champ. Yeah, so it was just, yeah, it was it was really underwhelming. But shout-outs to the, the the biggest bright spot to me on this card. Uh, is it Badu? Is that how you say his Badu name? Jack. Badu Jack. And Nathan Cleverly. Um, Badu Jack boxed the life <laughs> of this man. Like, Cleverly, yeah, this Cleverly's not an elite fighter, but like he is a very competent uh, light heavyweight and uh, Badu Jack jumping off from 168 beat the shit out of him. Like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it it was bad. Like, I was at first I was like half watching the fight, and then like the times I would look up and actually catch rounds, just Jack was just unleashing on this man. And, like, there were just points where <laughs> cleverly just seemed like he was just covering up and he just didn't know what to do. Like, <laughs> there was no. Like, he just didn't have an answer for anything, and Jack just, Jack was just unleashing fury on this man, and it was, it was beautiful to watch, though. It was, it was beautiful to watch, but not, not for Cleverly. He's his best, but... baby, and now he's a light heavyweight champion. Amen. And he's going to fight Donna Stevenson, so they have a fight for Donna Stevenson that actually gets people excited. But, like, he, like uh, for those who didn't know, Jack actually has a fight of the year contender from this, or like, earlier this year. He fought in January and fought James DeGale at a fight in New York that got to see live at the Barclays, and it was amazing. Uh, like, it was a tremendous fight. I thought Jack did enough to uh, pull it out, but it was a, it went to a draw, so. But he's gotten so good in the last two years. It is ridiculous. Yeah, props to him, and he, and then he showed out on this card, you know, of all cards. Where I'm pretty. And sure. I was so angry because there was literally like two thousand people in the freaking arena. Yeah, like, yeah. I was gonna say that before we get off this fight because people were mentioning that on Twitter. Like, you paid thousands of dollars to see this fight, and you're not gonna watch like the preliminaries. You're just like that's why I'm uh, like I was so pissed at the USC uh, two fifteen card, like the audience. Who didn't even bother to show up until the freaking like there were still empty seats for the Wonder Boy Woodley fight on that card. Like, yeah, that's... gotta drive the price up so fucking high, and so people like us can't go. And and then y'all don't even bother to show up until like the last two fights on the card. Like, fuck y'all. Right. Yeah. Get your yeah. money's worth. And if you missed that fight, like you missed probably the best performance on the yeah. card. Like. But, yeah, shout out oh. to him. And I guess real quick, the other... Uh, uh, one more preliminary fight uh, here. Or at least that uh, Andrew Tabidi beat Steve Cunningham to become the supreme American cruiserweight. For those who don't know, Steve Cunningham is kind of... Like, I want to say Cunningham's like a joke. But, like, like, he's one of those dudes who's just really tough and like really competent. But he has, like, no flash or sizzle. But he managed to knock down Tyson Fury. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like he's good, but like his style is so bland and awkward and like off-putting that like you like people don't really give him credit for being good. I have the play-by-play up in the tenth round. The first sentence starts off. Thankfully, the final round is upon us. 
Cunningham clearly needs some sort of miracle knockout here because he is dreadfully behind on the Yeah, like to be uh to be the really needs or uh to pick it up. Like the uh, is training partners with um King Mo and I see a lot of King Mo in him or other way around and he has real trouble with keeping up a pace with boxing. Oh man. So, uh, but it's nice to have a, a cruiserweight who's like in that top, the top ten range. That's not forty-one years old, because cruiser, cause cruiserweight's one of the more inter- most entertaining uh, divisions in like boxing period. Shouts to the Super Fight series or whatever the hell it's called that's going to be starting next month because that's going to be fun. Um, and oh, just really quick, Savannah Marshall made her debut on this card. Uh, she's an Olympian uh, from London, uh, from the UK. And she's the only woman to ever have beaten Caressa Shields pro or amateur. So that's a fight they'll probably be looking for to in like the future sometime. Yeah, man. Boxing's continuing a, a pretty good year. Dude. Um weird main the event. Fight, but... <laughs> the fight of the year is Oh it, yeah. It's One month away. like two, three weeks. I'm so excited. Like they haven't put yeah. any promotion to it yet because I think they were waiting for McGregor Mayweather to die down, but yeah, it's it's coming. Oh, it's coming. Triple, it's, it's gonna be nasty. Triple G Canelo. Let's go. Yeah, it's it's coming. That was it September sixteenth. Yes. Yeah, mark that on your calendars, people. That that'll I'm be so, a real I'm, fight. I'm that'll sorry, be... Dave Branch. Sorry, Luke Rockhold. <laughs> right. <laughs> you guys picked the bad in that day. order. In that order. Um. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you guys got like the short end of the stick. Yeah. Most, most definitely. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much about it for Conor and Mayweather. Um, bizarre fight. That's pretty much all I can say. Uh, moving on to other news that uh, happened uh, as of recent. Oh boy, Johnny, Johnny boy, Johnny Bones Jones, uh, out here failing drug tests. Remember before uh, uh, UFC was when they were on? Like, what was the last one that they were on? That they fought on DC and Jones, UFC two something uh, or was it two something? I was like, I thought it was one something. No, the first fight and the second fight. Yeah, it was two fourteen. Uh, I'm 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 rubbish at remembering which card is which. So, so before two fourteen, I said Jones is the only person who doesn't think he's on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you were right. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess for this quick rundown, I mean I'm pretty sure you guys know by now, but for anybody if you don't know the story, um, John Jones failed his drug test uh, at the UFC 214 fight. Um, the bizarre thing about this was that the sample that uh, was tainted, I guess for lack of a better term, um, was collected on July 28th, which was the day before the fight. So that was the sample that he uh, got tested negative. And it was for a steroid. It wasn't a diuretic or uh, the penis pill. <laughs> Whatever people use as excuses nowadays. But, yeah, he tested positive for a steroid. And um, as of now, his belt, at least as of this article that I'm reading, um, it hasn't been stripped yet. But if he fails, I guess, the B sample test or whatever, pending investigation... Um, if he fails that test, the fight will be overturned to a no contest. Um, I'm not sure if that means he'll be stripped, it'll be given back to Cormier, or if it'll just be vacant. 
but this is just another long string of events in which the only person to beat John Jones is John Jones. So, and I'm Matt just saying. Matt Hamill by DQ. John Jones. <laughs> only John Jones can beat John Jones. Like, isn't that what his dad said? Yep. Yeah. So. And this. It's true. It, it's, it's worth uh, noting that the substance he failed for, um, Terrible or whatever, however you pronounce it, um, is the same substance that his fellow um, manager, Malky Kawa's um, fighter, Frank Mir, failed for. Yeah. So, so there, there is. I don't know if, like, Jones has some type of supplement deal with, like, um, Dukawa. I want to say, like, this happens a lot with Kawa's dudes, where, like, they get, like, these deals from, like, supplement uh, companies, and, like, it turns out the the fucking, like, the thing is full of, like, roids. <laughs> like, so there, like, there is the possibility that Jones literally did not, well, not. Even then, like, this is the second time he'll be using the, fa- the tainted supplement, like, defense. Like, go get your shit tested. Like, I understand yeah. if you are, um, like, if this is, like, being a UFC fighter is, like, your side job. You're, like, Adam Milston, you have, like, a 12-hour shift down pipe in, like, the outskirts of Pittsburgh. And you don't have time to get your shit sent to the UFC testing center. But, like, you're John Jones. You ain't doing shit else except partying and, like, I, I like partying and like fucking strippers. Like, go get your shit tested, though. And, and this is the second time, so like, I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for him. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> I, I wanted to defend him so bad, but God, he makes it like, hard. He, he, like, he at could this legitimately point, be gone for four years because he's an idiot. Yeah. And it's just John like, Jones, like, could John Jones is the biggest what if in MMA, and he's already the best fighter the sports ever seen. Like, <laughs> right. That's how much of a fuck up he is. Like, the the thirty for thirty is coming, man. Yeah, like, like the ESPN thirty for thirty, and I look forward to. Actually, I can't say I look forward. It's probably gonna be sad to watch, but it'll, it'll probably be a great documentary because, like, at this point, like you 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 come back off of your little stint. You have, you know, had you not tested positive, probably like one of the greatest comeback performances ever. You you, you stop, you know, your nemesis in vicious fashion, and like it just looks like you're this like this unbeatable god almost, and you just throw it all out of the window. And now, like, I have to look back at your entire career, and like I have to question everything now, and. Oh lord, it's I don't. He's done, man. I I I don't want to say it. It hurts to say it, but I think he's like it, done. Like I his don't... one saving grace is that if he actually is gone for four years, he's only thirty. He goes back as a heavyweight. He's still a baby, you know. Right. But like at that point, like I don't want to say is the UFC still doing business with him because. Like if he comes, like it's, I think the, the suspension is going to be two to two to four years, if they don't reduce it for whatever reason. Like there's always the poss, like there's always the possibility he gets like an exemption or like something like that, like something crazy like that. I don't think he's going to get it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I do not know. Yeah. It's and Phil, the the really the person who gets lost in this. 
Probably got the worst end of the stick is Cormier. Like, like, God damn it. Because, like, God. God bless this guy's heart. He only, you know, you, you cannot like him for whatever reasons. Whatever, whatever. God I don't reason. know. I get it. His, <laughs> but, like, he just, this poor guy got trashed after this fight. And now you find out your biggest rival failed his drug test. God knows what's even in his mind right now. He's probably not even trying to think about this. I wouldn't uh, be after not after what just happened. published an article. He's in Hawaii with the family, man. There you go, man. Like, like uh, yeah, stay away from this circus until like, <laughs> until everything comes. Like, down. God, I feel so bad for guys like Cormier and like Woodley and uh, and like Johnson, who kind of get lost in the shell because they're just like normal guys who just happen to be like good people. And they constantly have to pay for like guys like John Jones and Conor McGregor's fuck ups. Yeah, it's... and then it's weird because all right, so assuming that Jones is done or at least suspended, and he'll be MIA from MMA for a few years. So it's like, what do we do? The light heavyweight division is always in shambles, and now this just <laughs> this just makes it even worse. So I feel like at this point. I mean, Rumble's probably not coming back, and at this point, I'm honestly, I, I don't want to see Rumble back after that last fight yeah. we saw. But I'm, I'm guessing like the only course of action you you have to do Cormier Gus too, I guess. Cormier Gus two or or Volkomir Ozdemir oh, versus man. one of the two. That is true. Like that I am, true. I imagine Cormier is just taking time off. Like I, I don't think he I, I, like. I don't know this for sure, but like I think he's like this has just been emotionally draining from him. Yeah, he's probably gonna be. Away but for like, a while. At, at the same right, time, so um, like I said that at the first one, and then like he was gone for all five months. Then they gave him a title shot. You know, I wouldn't be mad at you know if Cormier wants to take some some extra time off. Do do Gus and and um. And Vulcan, like, go- and let's yeah. just see what happens. Like, if when DC goes back, I want to see my heavyweight. Because I, I like, if he really wants to watch the taste of this John Jones mess out his mouth, he's going to have to he's going to have to go win the heavyweight title. Like, do the do the yeah. thing that John Jones could not do, and he I would not make him a, like a big underdog against Stipe. Like, he has a good shot winning that fight. Yeah, he got he gives a lot of people that heavyweight. I think some, some like the, problems. Like the and only then, thing really giving him pause, I guess, is Cain Velasquez. But the thing is, Cain's injured so much. I feel like you don't even need. He's to... not injured at this point. Like Cain's just like he, he's being held together by like strings and like staples. Right. Yeah, just just go up there, and I mean, and then maybe you know, because we, we we didn't get to see Cormier and um and Alistair. And strike force that never happened. So I don't know. Maybe we get that at heavyweight. That can finally yeah. happen. He he still, if he chooses to, he can go to heavyweight and still have some pretty good years ahead of him, if if he decides to go up. Um, but I mean, I, I'm not mad at him either way. If he stay at 205, um, I would definitely be interested in seeing a Gus rematch because the first fight. Well, was even then, like really, he, he beats Gus. Like the only fight left from is Vulcan. Yeah, and then it's yeah, then you can go up the heavyweight. So yeah, I feel like yeah, at this point it's like you can come back to two or five for maybe one or two big fights, go up to heavyweight, 
Or just go up to heavyweight and just be done with it. Or you could conceivably retire. I, I would hope to see him back, though. I, I would hope to see him back. I, I feel like at this point, he's been dragged through the mud <laughs> so like so much that like I want to see him end his career on a, on a good note, or at least a fair note, you know, not surrounded by just shenanigans like, and... It sucks because, like, we talked about this before, like, DC is the consummate runner-up. He is the... He's not the benchmark. He's the... He's the defining, like, moment in other great champions' careers. He right. is... Uh, he is the runner-up to Kale Sanderson, for example. Kale Sanderson, greatest collegiate wrestler to ever step foot on a mat. The only other dude who comes close is, like, Kyle Dake. Um... Like he loses to uh, he loses at the Olympics, arguably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I can't remember his name. Uh, was it Gast- uh, Gatsilov? Like a guy who is like a five-time world champion or something like that. Like I don't know. Like, like in this and and for this to be what most people remember him for. Because uh, is the the image of John Jones kicking him, and then having him pinned against the fa- uh, the fence as he's dropping elbows on him will not be burned away because John uh, Jones tested positive. Yeah, I, I think it'll be. I think that'll be more of a slight on Jones than it will be like a point in Cormier's favor. It just sucks. It does. Oh, oh, yeah. I hope to see him at heavyweight. I think. I think if he goes to heavyweight, he can. The thing is, I feel like in in a way, this fight will always hang over him I, in some kind of way. I think mentally it will, but, but like in terms of just like yeah. public perception, like if he was to go to heavyweight and win the title, because because yeah, the, can, the way things he, are looking right now, that's the one thing Jones will never do. That's the one thing everybody's yeah. wanted him to do, but he will never do now, probably. You know, say or, or even if he does, like Cormier will beat him to that mountain yeah. much faster. <laughs> like he'll he'll get to the top of that hill way faster. And yeah, like I mean, <laughs> in the past I've taken shots at Daniel, not anything serious, just because like with him, I don't, I don't like him when he does trash talking. I don't think it's his strong suit. Well, like suit. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, I, I, there are certain DC trash talk that's bad. Mostly when it's talking about like um like how he's going to make John Jones like a good person by beating him, <laughs> like that that garbage is like no. But the yeah. the DC that was going into the first John Jones fight, that dude was spitting some heat. <laughs> like, like, like no, like straight up heat. Like I, I'm I'm trying to find this really quick. Because I don't think DC gets enough credit for uh, uh, for uh, like his um because he did an interview on like UFC almost it was like U, uh, UFC tonight or UFC yeah like I gotta find it uh, uh this is gonna take a while so but yeah I was just gonna say yeah with, with Cormier like it. You you can take your little shots or whatever, and I've done it. You know, he's 
I feel like sometimes he makes himself a target, but like even when I make fun of him, I, I can't discredit what he's done. Like if you look at his resume, like there's nothing else to say. The man has pretty much handedly beat everyone not named John Jones, like handedly in 205 and at heavyweight, because you know the strike force run he had was just insane. When you come in as an alternate and then you toss Josh Barnett on his head, dude, he, <laughs> he just, like, <laughs> like that, and he beat—he didn't beat—he knocked out, and uh, like um, Antonio Bigfoot Silva. After Silva, D pants arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time. Right. So. And this was Roy's Bigfoot. This, this was Bigfoot. Yeah, TRT Bigfoot. Yeah. This, yeah. This yeah. This TRT Bigfoot. Yeah. This wasn't the the guy we've been watching as of late, but yeah, man, like he's just he's the dude's a phenomenal fighter, and when it's all said and done, will definitely go down as an all time great. He'll probably be top five light heavyweight it all time is, if he's, he's not he's already number two dude. Like, like in terms yeah. of skill, it's not even fucking compare like comparatively close. Like, it's yeah, Jones so... and DC, and it's everybody else. Yeah, like, this dude's been nothing short of amazing. Just tossing people on their heads, beating the crap out of everybody. The only person he's lost to is an unseemingly stoppable Superman who's apparently on roids. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's disappointing. It's not surprising, but it's just like, why are you doing this to me, John? It's, I, I didn't need this in my life, but... It, uh, nah, I guess it is. It is what no, it is. It's, it's MMA. No more heroes, bro. Right. <laughs> Superman isn't real anymore. It's this. Uh, oh, man. Um, you, you know what I just remembered? That just made me feel ultra sad? Remember UFC yeah. 200? Oh, yeah, when, when he, he was fought, supposed to, oh, When he was boy. supposed to fight John Jones? And, uh... Yeah. And, oh, and then yeah. I, they released the UFC embedded, like, vlog number five. And it shows, like, Dana telling Daniel that he wasn't going to be able to fight John Jones because he tested positive. And, like, D, like, Cormier just, like, has a... Like, he just breaks down because he just wants it so much. Like, he, he he's, like, in tears, like asking Dana if he can sign a waiver or something to fight. Right. Yeah, it's... Like, I really do want to see a 30... Not, not say it. Not just a 30-30 on Jones. Like, this whole rivalry, like, all together needs to be documented. Like the, it's so bizarre. This is, like, the quintessential MMA rivalry. It has everything that... Like, everything MMA is, like, encapsulated in it. Like... A douchebag, <laughs> like, uh, uh, like just a normal dude who just happens to be like a really good wrestler and a dad. Like he, like, like DC's defining character is he's a dad. Like he makes dad jokes. He talks like a dad. Like he, he like he dresses like a dad. <laughs> um, he has drugs. He has a crime where like the the dude got off pretty late. It has it has steroids. Uh, it has everything about MMA in it. Right. It's, 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 
it's almost a movie. <laughs> it's oh man, it's so just weird. It's it's bizarre. It's oh man, what a year! What what a year! That's that's all I can say. <laughs> this year has been four months. Right, we're not even done yet. Like it's so much more shenanigans that can happen. Um, I guess you, uh, you want to go in on this Bellator a little uh, bit. A little bit. Uh, Bellator one eighty two, right? So yeah. Bellator one eighty two. Um, no title fights, no big carnival fights or anything like that. Just some simple clean action. Um, former Bellator welterweight champion Andre Korshkov headlined against uh, Chidi Njikawani and promptly beat the crap out of Njikawani inside of a round. Uh, was beating him around on the feet, but chose to take him down and beat him up from uh, top control. If, I'm, if I remember correctly, he ended the fight um, by like just dropping elbows half guard for like, a full minute. Before. Yeah, and Chidi just didn't and, respond. Yeah, and Chidi just could not get up for whatever reason. Um, so, like, good win for Korshkov. Uh... Shidanji Kwani continues to just blow weight. I, I I can't remember the last time he actually made the 170 pound limit. I didn't know he made. I didn't know he made. Oh yeah, weight. this was they they changed it to a catch weight at 175. Wow. Okay, yeah, I didn't even notice that. And yeah, that was it was a big step up for Chitty in competition. And yeah, I don't I don't know if he was ready for that that leap. So I, I guess not really sure what they do with. That because you still got Roy McDonald lurking <laughs> around the corner, so I, I don't think the Chorus Cough Lima trilogy happens yet. Paul but, um, Daly, he's uh, out there, um, but I think I I don't. Uh, did they finally make the Daly MVP fight? Because that's what they were talking about, and because Daly like attacked. Um, well, they attacked, but oh no, they made the Larkin fight. So Daly's fighting Larkin. So I don't know what they do with Chorus Cough. We'll see. But he, he keeps himself in that upper echelon of that division. Dude's legit, though, man. It's a big 170. Oh, no, he's a really talented uh, dude. Yeah, yeah, the dude dude's legit. At, and at he's become a much better wrestler since the days of um, getting destroyed by uh, Ben Ben uh, Astrid. Ben uh, Who fights Astrid. next week, by the yeah. way? God. That, that guy, he's, <laughs> seems like he just fell into obscurity. That's what, I, that's what happens when you go fight getting, in Asia at a division where, like, none of the fighters, where, where like, there are no fighters for 170. He's getting paid, yeah. though. He's getting paid, so. But, yeah. Get your money, yeah. I guess. Um, <laughs> well, Fernando Gonzalez, uh, speak, well, I guess I could do the Gonzalez fight since he. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Yeah, we got to talk about that. Got so, uh, Fernando Gonzalez, I didn't see the whole fight. I had it on the background as we were talking earlier. Um, but I wasn't paying much attention, but I saw that Brandenburg lost again, uh, taking the fight to the ground and getting uh, gu- guillotined in the third. Yeah, this this was a fight where it, it kind of went the way I thought it would. Um, I thought Ward was just like he's super athletic really powerful dude and he was just i don't say he was having his way but he was kind of he was handily winning this fight like at one point i think in the first he did like this straight brute force just like 
<laughs> shoulder arm it was like a judo throw this straight power he just muscled him down but gonzalez is just one of those dudes who just it, it seems like he's he's always in a fight like the dude is just super tough for no reason and he's never out of a fight until you put him out and i i think i can't remember if it was this fight i, I think it was they had mentioned in the commentary that um like at one point i guess in gonzalez's career like he had thought of retiring because he was i guess under the mindset like you know i'm not i'm not where i want to be like i'm not on the big stage i'm not really you know i'm not in like title fights or anything oh, yeah um and then he he comes out and then this is probably his biggest win, wait, and he wins it in comeback yeah, fashion. Yeah, so before he got to Bellator, he was actually 20 and 13. He, uh, since joining Bellator, he's like 7 and 1. So, uh, I, I understand, like, where this talk about, like, oh, I wanted to retire, but now I'm, like, happy with where I'm at. Yeah. So, you know, really, props to him. Like, he, like this is a dude who... um. He went three rounds with Paul Daly in a kickboxing match. Like, Gonzalez is just a tough dude. Like, he's not technically elite. He's not physically imposing, but he's tough. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's good at, and he'll eke out wins. And he, he took this guillotine in, like, a split second. Like, <laughs> as soon as Ward shot, like, he just grabbed his neck. It almost was kind of like the way uh, Pettis caught Melendez, where it's like that quick second. When you're not aware of what's going on, and he just snatches your neck and it's yeah. over. And yeah, great, great, uh, great performance by him. Um, I guess also shout outs to uh, AJ McKee. Uh, he beat Blair Tugman. Uh, he had a pretty, pretty good uh, striking show. He's a really, really dynamic uh, 145er. And then he called out James Gallagher. So I feel like they might as well make that fight. I mean, those are two of their best prospects in that division. So. <laughs> oh no they've, they've both been talking trash I, I there's a fight like, they want to save Like they, I think they will protect Gallagher for a long time until they're 100% sure like he is ready for somebody in the top 10 at Bellator's feather division then they might throw them together and see, like say hey you get the winner or, or something like that but like you two fight and you, the winner gets Patricio Pitbull or something like that, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, I wanted to give Ricky Rainey a shout out, but uh, the page messed up, so I can't tell you who he fought. But <laughs> uh, he had a pretty good, uh, pretty good performance too. I, um, I think those are pretty much all the fights I've, I've watched. Um, um, for uh, what real? Um, what's her name? Uh, Talita Noguera, a BJJ champion. Uh, was one of the top bantamweight prospects out there. I guess she had a problem making 135 and decided she was going to go to 145. She hasn't fought in like four years. She signed the Bellator like two years ago, I want to say. Like three years ago. God damn. Like literally three years ago, August 2014. Uh, but she had like a knee injury that stopped her from making her debut in 2015. Um, she was supposed to fight Marlis Conan at Bellator 163, but she missed weight. So... Three years later, she makes her debut. She gets Amanda Bell, famous for knocking out uh, Ronda Rousey's best friend, uh, Marina Shafir, and she submits her in less than a round. So, like, props to her. That's somebody who, if you were going to have a 145 division, you'd want it in it. You want in it because 
she's a new face. She has a specialty. So, like, she's at least good somewhere. Right. And, it's not like she, and she's not small. She's, like, 5'10". Like, she is a decent-sized featherweight, or a good-sized featherweight. So, yeah. And it's something to build off of. Yeah, I'm saying in, in 145 division and women, you need to take what you can get. <laughs> so. yeah, she's probably either the next challenger for our Julia Bud or the um, or one fight away. So, at most, yeah, it was it was a pretty good Bellator card. It, it was one of the more normal <laughs> Bellator cards. Yeah, was, I didn't get to see this one because I, I was overseas and they had weird region blocks. Like the Korshkov one was blocks, but the wasn't blocked, but the McKee one was. Uh, like it, yeah, it was weird, but um. This looks like just like looking at the uh, the um, the results. It looks like it was like solid action, top to bottom. Yeah, it was it was a solid. It was a really solid card. Like, like and you got a good mix of some of their best talent, a few like prospects thrown yeah, in like there. Yeah, jo- like Joey Davis. Joey uh, Joey Davis. Um, God, uh, what, what school did he wrestle for? Notre Dame. He wrestled for Notre Dame of Ohio. A D, he's a, a D two wrestler, but he was like 133 and 0, which basically means he was good enough to be a D one wrestler and probably would have been all American. But he made he was he fought in this card. You guys, second fight in MMA. So shout out to Bellator. I feel like after the um. I feel like they've done good after the whole Fedor Mitrione. Like they've things have gotten a lot more normal over there. <laughs> it seems like. Um, yeah, they just had, like I forgot that they had their fight of the year in like July. Like Campos Grits was fucking insane. Right. And um, their next card is the Henderson Patricky card, which looks like it'll be fun. <sighs> That's an interesting fight. Bendo, I just, oh, I love him to death, but God, I just, I never know what I'm getting anymore. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm rooting for him. Though. I'm pulling. I, for I him, remember but. after the last, uh, the loss to um, Chandler, he talked about how he was hurt. He's been hurt the entire time he's been in Bellator. Like, uh, I think it was like a leg injury, like a knee injury or something like that. But he's fought through it because, like, he want, he wanted to give Bellator the dates that he promised, and he fought for them three times last year. This is really remarkable, but he he's had nine months off, so ho- like hopefully he's all healthy and ready to go on another run. Because I'd love to see a rematch between him and Chandler, yeah. or um, I guess the champion. Uh, what's his name? Uh, God, what is that? Oh, uh, Primus, yeah. <laughs> Who's built like Captain America? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, one more quick side note on the Floyd Connor fight. So, so this guy posted on Twitter. So the caption is never asking for links again, shaking my head. So I guess he clicked on this link and it was a picture of Connor versus Floyd, but it looked like it was from like Fight Night, like the video game. So I guess somebody just did like a simulation. And posted that as a link to the actual fight. So, shout-outs to you. That's That's got to suck. But to be honest, your stream was probably better than what we saw. Oh, man. 
Did you see this video of Teddy Atlas and Stephen A. Smith? No, but... Oh, my God. Um, oh, God, can I send this? But you've already got me angry, so... Oh, no, this... Hold on. <laughs> I don't know what this video is. Are you on Twitter right now? Uh, no. I'll just pull it up real quick. Where'd you get it? I... Um, just look on my page. I reposted it. It was, and it's probably like one of my latest retweets. It is one of the most bizarre. Hold on. I'm going to play this audio so people can. I don't even know what they're talking about. Like, it looks like a sketch. Oh, wait, wait. I see, I see. Oh. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> just, just listen to it. It's only like 30 or 40 seconds. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to, for the people listening, I'm going <laughs> to, for the people listening, I'm going to play this on my phone. Hopefully you guys can hear this. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody posted that like right after the fight, and I was just so confused. The, the funniest part about this is they both un clearly understand each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> if you guys want to see, follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. He made, he, uh, he made them flip hamburgers. I, <laughs> <laughs> I I need to find out the backstory for what this was. Like I don't. <laughs> Atlas has been losing his mind. <laughs> It is weird though that like Stephen A knew everything he was saying. <laughs> oh man, yeah. If you guys want to see it, follow me at Serial Sensei on Twitter. I, I reposted this yesterday. It's a 19 second clip. I don't even know what it is, but God, it's fun. Shoutouts to um uh, Race Card Woodley. <laughs> That's a funny Twitter handle. Uh, that's who I got this from. But oh man, yeah, that that was hilarious. I don't even know what it was, but God, that was funny. Um, <laughs> but um, we're coming up at about uh, close to an hour thirty, so um, I guess we'll do uh, pardon shots, <laughs> shoutouts. Um, uh, I'll give two. I got two shoutouts, so. Uh, both of my shout-outs will be from the Glory 44 card um, that also happened on Saturday um, in Chicago, I believe. Uh, so first shout-out will go to Dustin Jacoby, who... This dude just came over to Glory. He's been putting in work. <laughs> and he's not somebody who I thought would come to Glory and just like just start racking up wins. But he's he's done really good for himself over there. And... Um, he got a KO, he knocked the, I don't know the gentleman's name, but he knocked this guy down three times in a round, 
Um, I think he ended it with like a knee to the face. So it, it was only like a two, three minute fight. He, he, he got him out there early. So um, shout outs to Jacoby. And last shout out, uh, Myrtle Groenhart and Cedric Dumbay fought for the welterweight title. Um, Groenhart has always been so close to the top of the mountain and just could never quite get over. And yesterday he finally did it. Um, he beat Doombay by I think it was a I think it was a split decision. Um, I scored it for for going hard. I actually thought he won pretty handedly. It was not the prettiest fight, which I think played in Groenhardt's favor. He made it a very uh very rough, <laughs> very rugged um fight. Doombay really did didn't seem like he could just get a lot off. He couldn't get really get comfortable. Um, and that, that played in Groenhardt's favor. So it, it wasn't the prettiest thing to watch. But, hey, man, he, he got the job done. And after what seems like a, a long time of kind of always getting to the top of the heat but not quite making it over, he he's welterweight champ over there. So, you know, he's he's up there with Doombay. He's up there with Niki uh, Holskin. So, yeah, shout-outs shout to him, man. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a big win. That's a... That's a that's a good win. It's a good look. Um but yeah, that's that's all I got for shout outs. Um Well I guess I, I uh Alright, shouts out to Team USA over at the uh United World Wrestling Championships. Over there in was it Lute Paris. Um they took home nine medals, tied for Japan with the most, but uh, three gold, three silver, three bronze. A special shout out to um, Jordan Burroughs, Kyle Snyder, and Helen uh, Morales. Or Morales, oh, sorry. Um, the the three to win gold at the uh, at the championships. All former Olympic champions. Um, all multiple time world champions. Um, shouts to James Green who. Like Jordan Burroughs is from Jersey, so you know. Um, so yeah, shouts to Team USA. I think uh, yeah, the men's team took home the um, the team rank, uh, the first place in the team ranking. The women's team took home third. Da, da, da. Um, there was something else I wanted. To, someone else I wanted to shout out really quick. You Noah, know it's escaping me right now. So uh, shouts to. Taha, uh, oh, oh, you know what? Shout out to Miguel Cotto. He fought on. Oh yeah, he yeah, did. He fight. fought. Yes, uh, he fought. Um, was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah, he fought yesterday, and uh, he beat um, Kamag uh, Kamagai. Uh, I don't remember. I think the scores were pretty lopsided in his favor in the favor of Cotto. I don't remember. I I, I didn't watch the whole fight, so I. I I don't have a clear sense on it. From what it sounds like, Cotto clearly won, but um, he kind of made him work for it. Um, so shouts to him. Like he says, he wants one more fight, and he's calling out the winner of Canelo Triple G. Like I, I prefer not. I prefer the winner that moves up. You know, because a little safer for everybody's health. Um, <laughs> oh, now I, now I remember. Really, uh, ESPN? Did we talk about the ESPN top ranked people deal? Uh, no, that no, we we did that off. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. All right. So, really quick, top rank signed a deal, a four year exclusive deal with ESPN, meaning all their top stars. 
Mandy Pacquiao, Terrence Crawford, Vasily Lomachenko, Oscar Valdez, Gilberto Ramirez, Je- uh, Jesse Maldonado, uh, guy suck at names, uh, Jesse Malganado, um, all of them will be fighting exclusively on ESPN for the next four years. They'll be doing 16 cars a year, at least. I think, um, I, at least, I think two, uh, additional two are going to be on, uh, ESPN's upcoming, like, subscription platform, online subscription platform that they're working out. Um, they're going to be, they're also going to have the option of doing big fights on ABC. And they're going to be getting 50 hours of additional boxing coverage. So that includes their own little short death shows like NBA, was it NBA Tonight or Baseball Tonight or something like that? Like yeah. that type of show for boxing. Documentaries. Um, archive, like they're going to have access to the top rank archive, like stuff like that. And they're real, it seems like they're really making a push to make boxing jump back into the forefront of, um, mainstream sport discussion so if you're a boxing fan that's a lot to look forward to uh, I'm optimistic but you know I'm holding some reservations because I I don't uh, I I think a lot of it's kind of just presentation and making boxing feel accessible to uh, to fans out there because I do think it's a little intimidating to get into the sport so many different championships, so many different promotions. Um, so, like, ju- just the way it's presented. Like, ju- like there's a big difference between Max Kellerman in a suit and uh, Joe Rogan in a button-up. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, so, like, they, they have hurdles, and I, ho- I wish them the best. Like... Obviously, this is perfect for me because I don't have HBO or Showtime. Uh, yeah, this, this is a good look. So <laughs> if you're like me and you don't have HBO or Showtime, yeah, you, like you're, you're getting some, you're, you're getting most of HBO's like most of the title fights HBO would be airing are now going to be airing on ESPN. They literally have nothing, they literally have like three fighters left, and all three of them fight on pay per view now. So. I can actually quickly since you mentioned Terrence Crawford because we didn't get to cover that right. fight. Um, shout out to him because yeah, that right, right. Yep. So Terrence Crawford became the first unified uh, world champion on the men's side. On the women's side, Cecilia Breakus is a world unified world champion. I think she's the first to ever do it. But um, on the men's side, Crawford's the first man to do it since uh, Jermaine Taylor. And uh, hopefully his story goes better than Jermaine's does. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, if you guys didn't see that performance, that that guy, woo. like Ndongo is a good fighter. He went on the road to win two titles in uh, the UK, and he went to Ru- he went to Russia to win a world title. Like that's hard. That's really hard. Like he's done this out in Namibia. He didn't pick a boxing until he was 17 years old, and even then, I think he like he did not have a very long time before he started actually fighting. Um, so like. His story is incredible. He's a very good uh, junior welterweight, but Terrence Crawford is just that next level fighter. Like he, like he might be the best by a fight boxer and by a uh, boxer in the world right now. Those body shots yeah. were vicious. Like third round TKO, uh, third round KO win for uh, for Crawford. Oh man, ESPN just posted the video 
of what I just showed you with the Atlas <laughs> and Stephen A. So this was a real thing. Yes. So they were they were <laughs> so I guess they were trying to break down the fight and they turned it into like uh I don't know. I say fire Max Kellerman and put Teddy Atlas on first take. <laughs> just trying to it could be them trying to scream over each other for like an hour. Oh my god. I'm trying to get this to come up. It's literally only like a 50 second clip. Come on. I'm going to play this live if ESPN's video player doesn't hate me. Ah, oh, come on. Don't do these ads. You guys are going to hear this. I'm, 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 I have to hear this again. Come on. Come on. Nobody cares about Alabama. Alright, here we go. Here we go. We're ending the podcast with this. SoundCloud, on YouTube, also now on Google Play, iTunes, I'm still waiting for you to respond to me. Please don't ignore my messages. I, I would appreciate it. <laughs> but um, You guys, please like, share, comment, pass along, all of that good stuff. Um, this, this, this episode's coming out. Um, I got reviews, uh, hopefully coming out sometime during the middle of this week. So, um... Uh, probably going to talk about the Defenders, uh, this Fashan EP, and this Marlon Craft album, and then after that, um, after that I got a special review planned. Um, I don't know if you guys know what Samurai Shin is, but um, I had a really brief convo with uh, one of the creators on Twitter. Um, he asked me if I'd be interested in reviewing it, and I had already had the thought in my head, so um, he's got two instrumental EPs and then a manga that goes along with it. So it's kind of like this one big package. It's really cool. So I think that'll be a cool review. I just got to read the mangas and listen to the the tapes a bit more, but yeah, good good stuff coming. So like, share, comment, interact, do all that good stuff. Um Combat Sports is pretty much back in full swing. We had a little break and then this weekend happened and uh what's the next 
uh, real quick? What's like the next UFC card? Uh, we got UFC Volkov versus Struve on Saturday and Invicta 20-something on Thursday. All right. So, yeah, fights are back in full swing. And then pretty soon we'll have Triple G and Canelo within a few weeks. That'll be awesome. Demetrius Johnson, Ray so, Borg, Amanda Nunes, Valentina Shevchenko too. Francis Ngannou versus, um, I don't know, some dude out of the crowd. Because <laughs> why not? Hey, man. <laughs> but, yeah, man, so a lot, lot of, a lot of fights happening. This year isn't even over yet. Probably so much more madness to ensue. And we'll be there to, to cover it all. Oh, and, and real, real, real quick, man. Shout out to everybody um, in Texas. I hope you guys are doing okay after the the floods. Uh, Hurricane Harvey did look pretty vicious. I think so far I've saw one casualty. Um, but I know they have like something like 200,000 people um, out without power. Something crazy like that. Numbers are expected to go up. So um, you guys be safe down there, man. Hope, hope that... Uh, you know, you guys make it through that. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. So, as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And hopefully we will catch you guys soon. Peace.